It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Moving on down the top. Bell breaks a tackle. Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the Vivid Seats Studios, use the promo code OVERTIME to get yourself up to 100 bucks off your very first purchase when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is the Jets-Patriots pregame report, which means that, of course, we welcome in the man who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, 22-point spread. There's a lot of drama, a lot of mystery as to what could happen in this game. Will the Jets... Cover the point spread. That seems to be the big question right now. It's down to 20 on DraftKings right now. There might be a reason for that too, Chris. And he might have worn the number 17, although most of us know him as wearing the number 84 for the bulk of his career. Yeah, you know, that's, I was like, let me let me go ahead and check this, this spread just out of curiosity. I can't, I, 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 I mean... Who's rushing to bet on the Jets just because Antonio Brown's not going to play? I, I don't understand that. Uh, the pay like uh, them that that's the thing that was so confounding about the whole signing Antonio Brown and then even playing him last week. Like we we don't need to get into whether really whether they should have or shouldn't have. But like uh, at the same time, I was sitting there thinking, you're playing the Dolphins. Just just say that like. You need to give him another week to uh, catch up on the playbook. You don't need Antonio Brown to beat the Dolphins. Uh, and they don't need the Antonio Brown to win the Super Bowl. They certainly don't need the Antonio Brown to beat the Jets. So uh, it, it seems a little odd that the line would drop at all without him. But I don't know. It, it's dropped a couple points already. So we'll, we'll see where it ends up before kickoff time. But, um, yeah, you know. Still, Jets fans, if you're sitting there thinking, go ahead and doing it. Uh, you know, the, it, it's entirely possible the Jets play the uh, the Patriots closer than uh, most people tend to think here. But also, it, the Patriots are a lot better than Jets. And with the shape the Jets are in right now, starting Luke Falk and uh, all the injuries they have, yeah, the Patriots are still probably pretty comfortable right now. Although this does bring up an interesting wrinkle in terms of betting because now if the Jets are able to keep it within three touchdowns, they would cover the spread. And we'll talk to my brother Craig later in the podcast and see who he has for his picks, not only for the Jets and Patriots, but also around the league. And of course, his teaser where he's been 2-0 and so far this season. We'll see if his streak continues. But Antonio Brown is gone. I don't really want to get into the whole situation with him. I'll leave that for other people to do. We're still waiting for all the facts to come in about all the craziness that's been going on. But I will say this. 
I said when the Patriots signed him, two things. Number one, who cares because they're still going to win the division. And number two, this wasn't going to last anyway. Antonio Brown is not some run-of-the-mill malcontent who shows up with the Patriots, is on his best behavior, and then turns over a new leaf for a while. Antonio Brown is somebody that has a demonstrated pattern of insane behavior. I'm not going to speculate on what's going on with him because I have no idea, but there's clearly something going on. I knew that this was going to blow up at some point. Didn't expect it to happen this quickly, but even with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady there, nobody's going to tame that tiger, Chris. Yeah, uh, he can't help himself. It's that simple. I do love the way that uh, the Patriots and Patriots fans seem to be framing this, uh, you know, that uh, it, uh, they they decided to do the right thing. No, they, they were going to stick by him, and then once he went and sent those threatening texts with the girls' uh, kids in there uh, to her, then that's when they, they were like, all right. And the NFL was probably going to put him on the exempt list and they wanted the timing of this tells you all they needed to do. No, because he was due $5 million of that guarantee on Monday if he was on the roster. So they made the move now so they could avoid paying him that because they, after what happened, there's no morality thing here from the Patriots. They weren't doing that. They were doing that to cover themselves. But yeah, he, he just can't help himself. And it, that seems apparent at this point. And the Patriots realized that, too. They're like, all right, well, I guess even being here is not going to stop him from doing dumb stuff. So we got to make this move now. I just have to say also, on a somewhat related note, I have a newfound respect for Antonio Bryant, who is also <laughs> on Twitter at AB89 as opposed to at AB84 for Antonio Brown. So he tweeted out, I hate everything about the Patriots and their fans. Now, of course, people see AB and assume that it's Antonio Brown tweeting this out. And so, of course, a bunch of people fell for the bait and called him an ingrate and all this other stuff. So it kind of reminded me of that time that the other Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, was tweeting out stuff during the Monday night game where Giants fans were mad at Brandon Marshall, the former wide receiver. And then he was challenging people to show up to MetLife Stadium and fight him when obviously it wasn't him. It was the other Brandon Marshall. So he's having some fun with this on social media. Antonio Brown did tweet out, thank you for the opportunity. Go win it all. And then he followed that up with a tweet that said, I got fired on Friday. So again, like you said, Chris, the guy just can't help himself. Yeah, he's and he's doing all this extra stuff on, you know, pictures of him stunting on uh, all over the place. I blocked him. I, I'm trying not to see it, but uh, you can't help seeing other people retweet or screenshots of it. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've definitely made the mistake with the, with AB89 a couple times, seeing him tweet something and thinking it was AB84. So uh, that can get confusing. Uh, I have I have caught on to that by now, but yeah, definitely uh, appreciate when anytime uh, there's mix-ups like this, you see it sometimes where like uh, just a, some regular guy has the same name as like a politician or something and they're getting bombarded. And then that person's uh, that, whenever they, they play along with it. I, I really enjoy that, but more than, than I probably should for some reason, but I do. I think my favorite was John Jones, the MMA fighter. There's yes, another guy yes. named John Jones who's verified. I forget what it is he actually does, but because he's verified, it even added more fuel to the fire because people immediately saw John Jones and thought, that's got to be John Bones Jones. So I remember the last time John Bones Jones 
got in trouble for something. I can't remember if he tested positive for a drug or something with the law, whatever it was at the time. And everybody was tweeting the most vile things at this poor guy. And I think at some point he learned to just enjoy it and have fun with it. But those mistaken identity tweets are always a lot of fun, especially when the people involved play along with it. The other news going into this game before we get into our keys to the game, Chris, is Ty Montgomery. Now, he is not going to be talked about when Dr. Stoller and I go through the injury report later on, and that's because he was added to the injury report as a non-injury issue, means there's something going on there personal. Do we know anything about this, Chris? Is this going to keep him from playing on Sunday? I do not know anything about it. Uh, I got a, a, a text email about it last night at like 730 um, it was funny, too, because uh, Coletio Semele was added to the report a little bit um, late, too. Uh, but uh, And then I got that, and I was like, Jesus, by this, t- by this time on Sunday, the entire team's going to be added to the injury report. Might not have anyone left. But uh, it, it was personal reasons. It's not an injury-related thing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't anticipate that it's going to prevent him from playing in the game, but I also don't really know what that personal reason is. And also, typically, when I hear personal reasons, I tend to just go, okay, I will respect that, and I'm not digging in any further. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I'd imagine that he, he'll be playing on Sunday. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. And with that, let's get into the keys to the game. Now, one key that got a lot easier for the Jets is finding a way to contain the Patriots' passing attack. 
I say a lot easier only because Antonio Brown is not going to be in there, but it's still going to be a very difficult task because, as we know, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. The offensive line is very strong, and he's still got Josh Gordon for now, and he's got Julian Edelman. He's got plenty of weapons there out of the backfield. So let's be real about this, Chris. Greg Williams is going to have to get creative. He did a pretty good job the first two weeks against both the Bills and the Browns, but this is a whole different animal that he's going up against. He's going to have to be on his A++++ game to try and get some pressure on Brady and to try and neutralize the receivers the best that he can. Obviously going to be a lot more difficult without C.J. Mosley in the lineup and without Quinn and Williams in the lineup, but if he can find a way to at least keep Brady and the Patriot offense from exploding, I think that would be considered a moral victory. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a different Patriots team uh, than we've seen really over the last couple of years. They, there's no tight end that scares you. Uh, you know, they obviously, uh, Antonio Brown has a, was only there for a week, but uh, they, you still have to worry about Julian Edelman. You obviously still have to worry about Josh Gordon. Philip Dorsett looked really good in that first game against the Steelers. So those guys you still really have to worry about. We saw last year the way that they adjusted to becoming more of a ground team, pounding uh, Sony uh, Michelle. And then also you have to worry about James White and Rex Burkhead coming out of the backfield. So there's still plenty of threats and plenty of ways this Patriots offense can beat you. And uh, you're right, Greg Williams is going to have to be creative to come up with ways to to cover Julian Edelman and to cover Josh Gordon. But then you still also have to worry about those running backs slipping out of the backfield and making plays. Um, so there, there's a lot going on here. It's not just uh, you know cover Gronkowski and then worry about everybody else. They, they can do a couple of different things, and it, they don't have anybody that's nearly as dominant as Gronkowski was or as dominant as A.B. could have been in that offense. But they they can beat you in a lot of different ways. And if Greg's trying to focus on Josh Gordon and Edelman, then they can have those running backs slip out and make plays. So it's it's going to be tricky. Obviously, we'll, uh, it'll be uh, keeping a close eye on Nate Harrison again to see if he can – repeat the performance from last week. Um, it will be a little bit different task with him here going against Tom Brady as, as opposed to pa- Baker Mayfield. But this is this Patriots team, this is what Belichick does. It's, you know, they're a week-to-week team. They can change their strategy on the fly and run completely different offenses against uh, whatever team they feel like. Um, and they can switch it up year to year, week to week. They can they can do whatever. Uh, Belichick is always willing to go ahead and be like, they think we're going to do this. Let's switch it up and do something completely different. We've heard many times that the way to disrupt Tom Brady the easiest is through interior pressure. Now, obviously, the Jets are not going to have one of their biggest weapons in that regard, and that is Quinton Williams. But they do still have strong players on that interior. You've got Henry Anderson. You've got Leonard Williams. I know that he's been a bit embattled, but still we can agree that he's not a bad player. You've also got Steve McClendon. So there are weapons there. Greg Williams is going to have to try to find a way to get creative behind those guys, but those guys up front 
are going to have to find a way to get the better of that New England offensive line because if they can get to Tom Brady, then it'll make it a lot more uncomfortable for him. I think Brady is still going to do reasonably well, but if they can at least put some heat on him, they might constrain him a little. Yeah, and they got some injury issues across that offensive line too. Um, so they they got Marcus Cannon, the right tackle, is going to be out. They got a, a, a left tackle new in there that uh, – the, the center, obviously, they they had that uh, injury a couple weeks ago. So there's some inconsistencies there and some problems that they have to deal with. But they still have Dante Scarnecchia as the O-line coach who seems to, you know, sometimes they, they'll have, we've seen a couple in the past where the offensive line was a mess to start the season. They always get it turned around. So maybe he's not able to get it turned around uh, in this quickly and fix it and patch it this quickly for this week. And maybe the Jets can take advantage and get that pressure up the middle. And listen, Leonard Williams, if you're listening, I know you're not, but let's just pretend he is hypothetically. If there's ever a game for you to, to, to break out of this, you know, I don't know if you even want to call it a slump, but whatever it is, there's ever a game. This is it. This you go ahead and do this. Go ahead, get a couple sacks on Brady, and help help the Jets pull off an upset, and all of a sudden you'll get these fans back on your side real quick. I would like to think that Leonard Williams is listening to this podcast, so how dare you, Chris Nimbley? How dare you say that Leonard Williams is definitely not listening? I think there's a good chance he's listening right now, and he's offended at the fact that you assumed his listening preferences. This is true. I mean, I am a very big deal. Why wouldn't he be listening to me? This is true. This is true. Of course. Even if he doesn't listen the other days, he's certainly going to listen to hear the very big deal. One of the other major keys to this matchup is going to be the offensive line the other way for the New York Jets. They were absolutely murdered against the Cleveland Browns on Monday, especially Kelvin Beecham. If they can't find a way to tighten things up against the Patriots, Luke Falk is going to be under duress a lot. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, Luke Falk actually looked better than Trevor Simeon did mm-hmm. last week, and you got to think that seems a little, um, he wasn't getting the first team reps, and he came in, now a lot of that, the game was, you know, mostly over uh, towards the end when Luke Falk started doing his damage, but obviously playing against uh, Belichick defense and the, pa- the Patriots, uh, th- there's a lot of talent on this defense, so that's obviously a different animal. But they have to give him time. You know, I'm not talking about they have to give him clean pockets for 10 seconds, and, but they have to give him a to- enough time, the receivers enough time to at least get 15, 20 yards down the field. We talked about this last week about the offense can't just hope to win by being conservative. You know that the uh, impulse is to go a little more conservative when you're on a backup and then especially on a third-string quarterback. But you can't hope to beat the Patriots by playing it that safe, especially without having an elite defense yourself. So they're going to have to be a little more aggressive, open some things up, and do different things on offense. But the only way they can do that is if the offensive line can be respectable, at least. They don't have to play great, but they have to be confident. They have to be respectable. They have to give Luke Falk time and the receivers time to get open. And also, of course, they're going to lean on Le'Veon Bell. We saw Le'Veon Bell's looked great in the first two weeks, but can the offensive line give him a little bit of help, a little bit of cracks to work with? 
I was just going to say that, Chris, because realistically, if the Jets want to have any chance to win this game, and we'll get to the overall game plan in a second, they're going to have to open up some holes for Le'Veon Bell. Now, Le'Veon Bell can make plays on his own. We've seen that pretty clearly the first two weeks, and obviously, we saw what he did in Pittsburgh. So for anybody that said that Le'Veon Bell was nothing but a product of the Pittsburgh offensive line, I submit to you weeks one and two of this Jets season where Le'Veon Bell made several plays all on his own with absolutely no help. But if Le'Veon Bell is going to be somebody that helps carry you to victory in your FanDuel Fantasy League this week, the Jet offensive line is going to have to do better than it did in weeks one and two. And if you're picking Le'Veon Bell this week, it's a good pick because a lot of people not expecting him to do so well this week against the Patriots. You might be able to get him at a bargain round. And you should play at FanDuel if you do that because new users get 20 bucks in site credit if they deposit 20 bucks or more. As I was saying, you don't have to have Le'Veon Bell every single week necessarily, so that means you could get him at a bargain this week with people that are thinking that he's going to get destroyed by the Patriots. And so... You get him this week on a good bargain, and maybe next week, if his stock goes up a little too much, you can get somebody who's a little lower. That's the fun of playing week to week, is you get to do the draft every single week and mix and match your team. Players can't necessarily hamper you if they're underachievers all year or if they get injured. Chances to win tons of prizes that add up to millions of dollars, so you want to go ahead and play right now. Just deposit 20 bucks or more, and you'll get five extra bucks in site credit every week for four weeks. That's if you're a first-time customer, of course. Go to FanDuel.com slash DFS Fantasy or download the FanDuel app today. And Chris, that is extremely important. We know that a lot of the game plan is going to center around Le'Veon Bell. We'll talk about what Gase has to do with opening things up in a bit. But if the game plan is going to largely center around Le'Veon Bell, both in the passing game and in the running game, the offensive line has got to help a little bit because the pathetic performance that they put out weeks one and two not going to cut it against the Bill Belichick defense. Definitely not going to cut it at all. And yeah, uh, they they obviously, like we said, they need to open up the holes in the running game. They need to use Le'Veon Bell in the passing game. They need to use Le'Veon downfield in the passing game. And uh, anybody that's followed me for a couple of years that knows my affinity for the wheel route. Uh, run wheel route after wheel route after wheel route with Le'Veon Bell. Just keep doing it until it works because we've seen it work. Uh, the Patriots like to do that a lot. They also probably need need to do more with Robbie Anderson with slants and crossers and drags and run that patented Patriots pick play that the Patriots are always getting away with. Just, you know, you got to do it. Be more careful to do it legally now because they can challenge this, which is a, one thing that I, I do think we've talked about this, not just you and me, but, I mean, uh, just all around the league. We've talked a lot about this new pass interference penalty, uh, the, the ability to review it. That could actually hurt the Patriots more than anybody because of how effective they are at running that pick play. And they do it illegally but get away with it all the time. And now the, the coaches can go ahead and challenge that. So – you don't don't be surprised if you see Gase throw that uh, challenge flag a couple times of the Patriots trying to do that, but they have to try to take a page out of the Patriots book and uh, do certain things and figure out ways to open it up and get you know a speed guy like Robbie open with space in front of him and to get Le'Veon Bell in space as well um, and wheel route after wheel route, man. Let's talk about the overall game plan because the first two weeks. Vanilla would be too kind. Now, we could say 
that in week one, Sam Darnold was under the weather, so perhaps that played into it. Week two, Adam Gase was using a backup quarterback and then a third-string quarterback, so certainly that played into it too. But overall, you're not going to win games in the NFL playing that way. You have got to be a little bit more aggressive. You've got to put the ball in the air. You've got to take some more chances no matter who your quarterback is or you're going to get destroyed. That obviously is the case against the New England Patriots. If the Jets think that they can run a ball control offense and be able to beat the New England Patriots or even stay competitive, that's not going to happen. So if they're going to even try to win this game, they've got to get more aggressive. They've got to give Luke Falk time, but certainly Adam Gase has got to call different plays than he has the first two weeks. You mentioned some with Robbie Anderson, but overall, a much more open offense is going to be needed. Yeah, again, then if they're gonna if they're gonna lose this game, you got to go down swinging at least. Like you can't expect to just dink and dunk your way to victory, especially not against the Patriots. You can't play it safe. You got to attack. I don't care who the quarterback is. That's even more reason why you have to attack. Um, it's it's your only hope. Uh, the Patriots don't make enough mistakes. To, you know, if you're playing a team, a really undisciplined team, a team that makes a lot of mistakes, then you can try to win by playing it safe and just waiting for them to make a mistake and hope you can capitalize off of it. Uh, you know, the Jets almost beat the Bills by doing that. Uh, they, they had took, you know, they were only able to score off of one of those turnovers from Josh Allen, but it was almost enough for them to win that game until the defense just ran out of gas at the end. That's not going to happen with the Patriots, though. They will make a, occasional mistakes, sure, but they're not going to make a bunch of them, and it's they make it hard for you to capitalize on them. So you can't go in with that game plan. And, again, the, the fans, you guys want to see if they're going to go down, at least go down swinging, take some shots. Um, you got the, the key is, obviously, to pick your spots. And – you know, if you get backed up and it's first and 20, don't just run the ball to, to make it second and 18. Don't just uh, the second and 10. Okay, we'll just run the ball and make it now it's third and eight. You know, They have to pick their spots to be uh, uh, to take those shots. And they need to uh, be aggressive. It's the, it's the only chance they have. No question about it. It's going to be an uphill battle the entire day. And if they want to have any chance of slaying the Goliath that is the New England Patriots, they're going to have to be more aggressive and take some chances. There is no other way. Chris, let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that the Jets at least make this a watchable, fairly competitive game. I know a lot of people are doubtful that that's going to happen, but you never know. So let's hope for the best. We will talk again next week, of course. And in the meantime, I know you've got a lot of stuff up at JetsInsider.com getting ready for the game, and you're going to have plenty after the game and post-game coverage as well. Yeah, I have my uh, the preview up there to get a little more detail into some of the stuff that we just talked about and some more stuff as well. Plenty of uh, stuff, of course, obviously, after the game, uh, breaking down everything that happened. Um, Alan's got a couple articles up there, including his history articles of the, when the Jets beat the Patriots go down memory lane, that playoff victory against the Patriots in Foxborough. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff up there. And then, like you said, I'll have, uh, plenty of stuff from after the game, uh, breaking down what happened, where things went wrong or right, you know, and then, uh, during the week, next week, the bye week, we'll have a lot of stuff looking at possible lineup changes, different things that they can try to do. 
uh, to hold down the fort until Darnold gets back. And then hope we're, we're getting close. We know Darnold has hopes on that Eagles game. So we'll keep you updated on all that as well. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. And now it is time for the injury report. And for all the information we need on the Jets' injured players, we, of course, turn to our medical expert, a 35-year orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Steven Stoller. Hey, Doc, what's going on? Scott, I'm fine. Uh, I'm probably doing better than the Jets are, and uh, I'm glad to be on the show again. Certainly better than Trevor Simeon, who is now out for the year. That was a gruesome-looking injury, just watching it from the upper deck at MetLife Stadium on Monday night. I know that you said that watching it live, you knew that something was very wrong. Talk to me about the extent of the injury, what it is, how serious it is, and the timetable for his return. Obviously, he's going to miss the season, but is he even going to be healthy for next season? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, looking at the injury, turned his ankle in. It's almost a grotesque uh, position, and I would have bet at that time they, that he had a fracture dislocation of his ankle. But as soon as I saw him put weight on it, I knew that that wasn't the case, and the x-rays were negative. But when he had an MRI, it revealed uh, significant uh, ligament tears that must have been completely torn if he uh, required surgery, which he had. So I would think that you know, with the reconstruction or repair of the ligaments in his ankle, they usually have a good result. And I think he should be able to return by next year. Continuing with quarterback, Sam Darnold is out again. We know the situation there with Mono. You heard Dr. Stoller on last week's show talk about the fact that the absolute best case scenario would be for Darnold to return after the bye against the Eagles. That's if everything goes in the best possible way. That's what they're targeting. We will see if that ends up happening. Jordan Jenkins is also out. He's got a calf strain. Talk to me about this, Doc. Well, let me just go back to Darnold for a minute. Um, I think he can return once his labs are normal, his energy level returns to normal. But most importantly, even when those two things occur, they're going to have to make sure that his spleen size is returned to normal for him to return. And I think when all those uh, categories are, are met, then I think he'll be able to return. As far as Jordan Jenkins, he had a calf strain. Um, which usually occurs with a tear in the muscle fibers, are torn when they're overstretched. And this can occur um, by overstretching the muscles by a forceful uh, overexertion or contraction of the calf muscle or while the muscle is shortened and is a change in uh, weight over that tendon that pulls it apart. So if you think of a tennis player uh, trying to return an overhead lob, he's on his toes, but his body weight is falling backwards. And with the tendon 
on tension, you're putting body weight across that muscle, and you can uh, sometimes end up with tears of the uh, muscle. And I think that's what occurred in his case. Those are the players that are definitely out. Here are the players that are probably out. C.J. Mosley, we know his situation. He had the groin pull. Quinn and Williams, he has a sprained ankle. Demarius Thomas, he went into the game on Monday night with a pulled hamstring. He apparently re-aggravated it, so he is doubtful for this game as well. With Mosley and Quinn and Williams, Doc, I have to assume that they're just being extra careful because they know that it's a tough matchup with the Patriots. They've got the bye week coming up, and so they don't want to go too crazy. And with Demarius Thomas, the re-aggravation could have set him back a couple of weeks, yeah? Yes, and I, you know, I think that there's a, a possibility that from his Achilles tendon rupture, that he still may have a slight muscle um, imbalance that he's recovering from, um, which may make him more susceptible to a hamstring uh, strain. Certainly an interesting tidbit to know, and it's definitely something where they should be super cautious going forward because those hamstrings have a way of getting out of hand if you don't let them heal properly. They've got the bye week now, so let's see what happens as we head into Philadelphia in a couple of weeks. Now, Doc, let's go rapid fire. Here are the players that are questionable. Most of them are probably going to play, but I want to go through them bit by bit so everybody knows exactly how serious or not serious the injury to each one is. Let's start with Coleccio Semele. Okay, well, they reported that um, he has a knee injury, but there's, there was no report after, uh, post-game that he injured his knee. And I think it was just yesterday that he was listed um, as questionable. So I'm assuming there's no structural damage. Uh, if he had an MRI, it was probably negative. When you have an offensive lineman, especially of his size, that when you bend your knee greater than 90 degrees, which they do uh, frequently in practice and during play, you're putting three times your body weight at, across the kneecap or the patellofemoral joint. So it's possible that this area is inflamed, whether it's the kneecap itself or the muscle or tendon that's um, attached to it, quadriceps or the patella tendon. And with his size being over 300 pounds, you know, you would have to think that's over 900 pounds of pressure across that joint. So if it gets irritated, your knee can fill up with fluid. Um, your surrounding structures can be irritated. Um, and if I had to guess, that that's probably maybe related to that. Josh Bellamy. He has a shoulder injury. I have no uh, results of an MRI, so I don't know if there's any structural damage. So I have to assume that uh, it's just inflammation around the shoulder and um, you, you would have to be treated symptomatically. So when he's comfortable, then um, they'll probably allow him to play. Trenton Cannon. Trenton Cannon is listed as also having an ankle and a hamstring. So, And he did have limited practice. So if those are the injuries... He's probably practicing with compression shorts for his hamstring and for his ankle is probably being taped and or wearing a functional brace that will allow him to participate and possibly play on Sunday. Brian Poole. Um, Brian Poole is a groin injury, um, which we've uh, 
mentioned with uh, in the in the past that um, the tendon gets partially torn. You get scar tissue and inflammation in that area. So because it doesn't have a good blood supply, you have to treat him symptomatically and also make sure that he doesn't get too much tightness in that area. So if he's able to perform in practice and he has full range of motion without pain, uh, then he should be able to return. But that's something that you have to keep an eye on because if it's not fully healed, you're only going to increase the amount of scar tissue and shortening and tightening of that uh, area. Kelvin Beecham. Kevin Beecham has an ankle sprain, which is an injury that occurs when the ankle rolls in and it tears the ligaments that holds the joint together. And there are different degrees, you know, a minor tear, partial tear, or complete tear like uh, Simeon has, um, but usually they're uh, partial tears. So due to the fact that he was participating in the drills, he most likely is performing um, being taped or with a functional brace, which allows motion of his ankle while protecting the ligaments while they heal. Steve McClendon. He has a hip strain, and that's a tear of the muscle fibers of the hip flexors, which bends the hip forward. And it usually occurs with sudden movements and changing of direction while running and moving. And a muscle strain uh, inc- muscle strains are increased when there's tightening of that joint. So that's why um, so much time is uh, taken to stretch properly in the pregame warm-ups and during practice. So you see how you know much all the players uh, stress stretch all their um, joints before they play to make sure that reduces their chances of being injured. Rontez Miles. Rontez Miles also has a hip, so it would be the same thing for him. You know, both of them had limited practice. I think that's a good sign that they will play on Sunday. Um, But then again, you have to see how they're able to perform, you know, with, uh, you know, cutting motions, um, in particular for Rontez Miles. And last but not least, Brian Winters. Brian Winters, um, I guess you have to go back to what I said on the last uh, podcast, that um, if he's still symptomatic, that means that the uh, shoulder harness that he's wearing is not alleviating his symptoms entirely uh, due to his shoulder instability. So um, that could be problematic, and we have to watch as the season goes on if it doesn't if it doesn't progress you know if it stays as it is it'll be able to finish the season but if he becomes really symptomatic with the shoulder harness um, that could require surgery that would um, end the season and now you've heard all of the injury information that you need to know heading into today's matchup between the Jets and the New England Patriots, courtesy of 35-year orthopedic surgeon Dr. Steven Stoller. Doc, thanks so much for coming on and enlightening us 
as to the severity of these injuries and what it means. As always, really appreciate it. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Maybe we'll do a bi-week edition. State of the injuries of the Jets, if you want to call it that. For anybody that wants to get a hold of you, I know that you're very interactive and you're always willing to answer questions. How can they do that? Either at Steven Stoller MD um, on Twitter or the Aging Athlete on Twitter. Thanks again, Doc. Really appreciate it. Talk to you next week. And now, before we move on to my brother Craig trying to make you some money with his gambling picks, let's talk about the weather because obviously the weather is a critical factor in the results of a lot of the games around the league, including and especially the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. So for that information, of course, we turn to my buddy Ed Valley, the CEO of Empire Weather. Ed, go ahead and tell us what's going on with the weather today. Thanks, Scott. Meteorologist Ed Valley here. We're uh, watching the weather for the game here coming up in Foxborough. The Jets taking on the Patriots. One o'clock kickoff and a really nice weekend coming up here across all of the Northeast um, and really all the all the East Coast. So if you're listening on the East Coast, expect a really nice weekend ahead. And Foxborough is going to be no exception. Uh, we're going to be in the low 80s around kickoff and that trend upward into the low to mid 80s throughout the game will continue. And if you're heading to the game, sunscreen, sunglasses, midsummer-like clothing, it's going to be a really, really nice mid to late September day out there. And really, that's going to be the theme for a lot of these East Coast games. Outside of the Jets and Patriots game, um, really no concerns across the league, other than the only game I'm watching is the Kansas City-Baltimore game. A lot of fantasy implications there. And... It's going to be interesting. Rain's going to occur overnight, Saturday night into Sunday morning. And depending on how this kind of evolves, latest data is getting the rain done a little bit earlier. So we're not quite as wet during the game. But those field conditions may not be optimal. And obviously we have Lamar Jackson and uh, Pat Mahomes in that game. Uh, So that's certainly something we're going to have to watch. Otherwise, pretty quiet across the league. Really the only thing to watch in that Jets-Pats game will be the winds, southwest winds, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Otherwise, another week, another tough one, and go Jets. Back to you, Scott. Thanks so much, Ed. Great job as always. If you're not following Ed on Twitter, he is the absolute best there is when it comes to weather. It's at Ed Valley, V-A-L-L-E-E-W-X on Twitter or at Empire Weather WX on Twitter. You can ask him weather questions or talk Jets with him because he's a passionate Jets fan just like we are. And he always enjoys talking about the team, even when the going is rough. But now that we've talked about the weather, it's Sunday, which means it's time to make a couple of bucks. And by the way, if you want to bet, you should probably go ahead and do it with our great sponsor, MyBookie.ag. And so to help you with those picks and to help you make a few bucks on this Sunday, bring in our betting lines expert, professional poker player, and sportsbook gambler extraordinaire, my brother Craig, live from Las Vegas. Hey, Craig. Going on, Scott. Ready to get back in the action over here for... Week number three. That's right. And so far through two weeks, you're 500 on your individual picks, but you're two for two in your teasers. So that means that people might want to listen to you when you give out your teasers because probably make a few bucks if they copy you. Let's start with your individual game picks, though. I hear there's a game between the Vikings and the Raiders, and you like the Vikings. I do. Uh, So the Vikings, I know they've been a little shaky to start the season, but I think they're ready I think Cousins is going to have a huge game this week. I think at home versus Oakland, I just I don't see Oakland having much of a chance in this game. I I like Vikings big three touchdowns here. 
Vikings minus nine and a half versus Oakland. I know a lot of people like to dump on Kirk Cousins, especially after the game that he had last week, but he's also capable of having some very big games, and I agree with you. I think he's going to put a hurting on the Raiders this week. Next up, we've got Seattle and New Orleans. That's an intriguing matchup. Who do you like? So I went with Seattle last week. A couple of people might have been surprised by that. It worked out for me. They wound up actually beating Pittsburgh outright. I like to ride Seattle again this week. No Drew Brees. Seattle at home. Minus four. I, I like Seattle. I agree. I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot, and I think he'll keep New Orleans competitive. But I think at home with no Drew Brees, this one screams Seattle to me. Next up, the Sunday night game this week. This is a huge matchup. The Browns coming off a big win over the Jets. And the Rams, who are coming off a thrashing over the aforementioned New Orleans Saints. The Browns need this one big time, especially with the injury to Ben Roethlisberger taking Pittsburgh out of the discussion, we would assume. And with the way Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are playing, they need to stay afloat by winning this game. Otherwise, they could fall very far behind if the Ravens were to win again this week. Who do you like in this one? So believe it or not, this is actually my favorite pick of the week. I absolutely love this game. People might think I'm crazy. I love Cleveland here at home, plus three. I know they were, listen, they got the job done against the Jets. They weren't overly impressive, but you don't really need to be against the Jets. But here, I know Rams have been playing well, but Sunday night, Cleveland at home, I think they're just going to be amped up, ready to go for this game. And I love, I love Cleveland plus three here at home. I think it's going to be a really intriguing matchup. It'll come down to if the Rams can get pressure on Baker Mayfield. We know that the Jets were able to throw Mayfield off of his game on Monday night, but it wasn't enough because they couldn't score any points. And so all it took was two huge completions to Odell Beckham, one that long touchdown. The other one was that one-handed catch that he made that was just absolutely unbelievable that got them down inside the 10-yard line. So it's going to be a tougher task against the Rams, no question about it. But I think there's a strong possibility that they come out amped at home, like you said, and a strong chance for them to win this game outright. So I think that the Browns plus three at home is a very interesting bet because, listen, everybody thought the Browns were going to be a Super Bowl contender before the season, and they haven't looked super impressive yet this year. But this could be the spot where they start to show that they are that team that everybody thought they were going to be. Last pick before we get to the teaser, Craig. The Jets and the Patriots. Patriots minus 22. Pretty sure I know who you're picking in this one. Yeah, well, you know what? Before we get to this one, I figure last week I gave one extra pick. This week I'm going to go for one extra pick, too. To me, this is the game of the week. Real tough pick, but I think everybody's going to... This is definitely the game to watch this week. So I'm going to pick the Ravens-Chiefs game here, which I think the Browns-Rams is a great game, but who doesn't want it? Other than the Patriots, let's let's be honest, the Ravens and the Chiefs are probably the two top teams in the AFC right now. So I'm going to give a little bonus here, and I'm going to pick Ravens plus five and a half at Kansas City. I know this tough game, true test for Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's been playing good. I like Ravens. I, I think they even have a chance to win the game outright. So I, I'm going to go Ravens plus five and a half at Kansas City. This will be an interesting test because the Ravens are playing a Chiefs team that will go toe-to-toe with them offensively, and the Chiefs' defense is pretty bad. So Lamar Jackson and company should be able to do some damage. The big knock on the Ravens so far, if there has been one, is that they've beaten two terrible teams. They beat the Arizona Cardinals, and they beat the Miami Dolphins. This will be a real test for them. 
But I agree with you. I think that they're going to be frisky, and I think the Chiefs may win, but I think that even if they do, it's going to be close enough that the Ravens could very well cover that spread. And now we get to the Jets game where the spread is slightly more than it is in that Chiefs-Ravens game. I'm guessing, just a hunch here, Craig, knowing you your entire life and also knowing the way that the Jets and Patriots seasons have started off, you are probably leaning towards the Patriots. All right, well... Like an idiot in the last two weeks, I've decided to go with the Jets. I think this week I'm finally going to turn the tides and go with the Patriots. And, I mean, 22 is not even enough. I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if the Jets even scored at all this game. I, You know, Luke Falk did, to be honest, he looked a lot better than Trevor Simeon did. And I liked what I saw out of him. So, got a little hope there, but that's about it. I mean, let's be real. Jets have no chance in this game at all. I've... To me, it looks like a 35-3, to 42-7 type of game. I just absolute blowout. No Sam Darnold, no Quinn and Williams, no C.J. Mosley, no Quincy Inunua. This is going to be a Herculean task for the New York Jets, and I agree with you. I think the Patriots are going to win by at least four touchdowns in this game. But as you said, Luke Falk looked better than we expected. I think that he could be in the process of turning into a decent long-term backup. And so maybe the hope here is that the Jets actually cover the spread. I don't think anybody realistically thinks they have any chance to win. If anything, maybe they could keep it within three touchdowns. Although, as you just said, if I were a betting man, I'm betting on the Patriots to cover. And now we get to teaser time. Craig, who do you like this week? All right. So last week, I decided to do one of my regular picks as in my teaser. And this week, I'm going to do the same thing. I told you I really love the Browns this week at home. I know the Rams are a great team, but to me, I just think I don't, I don't, I see this being a very close game. So I'm going to go Browns plus nine and a half versus the Rams as my first pick. And then the second pick, I'm going to go Packers minus one at home against Denver. Basically, just have to win the game outright. Packers, two and oh, two tough division wins. I don't see. Any reason why they won't have an easy time here with Denver? I know Denver is kind of underachieved. Maybe who knows? Maybe the good defense, Flacco, step it up. But I just I think Packers at home here minus one with the teasers, no brainer. If you like Cleveland plus three as a regular pick, no reason you wouldn't want to take them on a teaser plus nine and a half. And then, as you said, Packers minus one against the Broncos at home. The Broncos are a nothing team. The Packers have been off to a really strong start. I know the first game Monday night, it was a little wishy-washy, but they really played well in game number two. And so if you think the Packers are going to win, you're essentially getting them even here because if they win, they're going to win by more than one point. So I like it, Craig. I think it's a good teaser. I hope I didn't just put the kiss of death on it, but you are 2-0 and in your teasers so far this year. So let's hope that you bring it to 3-0. and Craig, as always, appreciate you coming on and giving us your picks. We'll talk again next week. In the meantime, though, how can people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you about gambling, about poker, about anything else? Maybe they just want to talk to you about your new passionate cause, watching old episodes of Person of Interest, which, by the way, is a great show. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm always open to chat about some John Reese if anybody <laughs> wants to hit me up on, uh, on Facebook, uh, Craig Mason, or email cmace86 at AOL.com. But, yeah, these days I'm just watching some... Uh, Watching some episodes of Person of Interest and hanging hanging out. Tomorrow I'll be putting in a full schedule of online poker, six six to seven tabling for about ten to twelve hours. So 
hopefully that goes well for me. Fingers crossed for you, Craig. Hopefully the next time we talk, you've got a lot more money in your pocket from these online poker tournaments. Make sure that you reach out to Craig via email, cmase, C-M-A-S-E 86 at AOL.com. Reach out to him on Facebook, search Craig Mason. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.